Welcome to Athletes Entrepreneurs Alumni Journey. I'm Rob Finkelstein, founder and CEO of Alumni Direct, and we created a platform where we help alumni to network and connect through their common affinity groups, whether it's uh, their colleges, whether it's fraternities or sororities, business alumni or athletes. And one thing along the way we've noticed, there's a major issue today with athletes transitioning out of sports, whether it's transitioning out of college sports, out of professional sports, and we really want to make an impact in helping them out in various areas. So we go about and interview former athletes and talk about their journey. So we're really excited today to have Trent Clark on with us. How are you doing, Trent? I'm great. Thanks for having me, Rob. Yeah, uh, you're welcome. So Trent's background, uh, he was a, a two-sport uh, two athlete in college. So uh, this is, I think, you're the first one, Trent, that, that I've talked to that had two sports like that. So he, uh, he was a college baseball player and a tennis player. And then uh, when he got done with college, he got into uh, strength training and was an athletic coach uh, for uh, several different, actually three different Major League Baseball franchises and was part of World Series uh, with each one of those three. And then after that, he kind of tr transitioned to entrepreneurship. He's got a lot of different companies under his belt, but the one he's working with today is uh, Athletes uh, Influencer uh, Marketing, and he works in the NIL, and that's something that we talk a lot of about. So uh, we're going to kind of get right into it. Awesome, man. I'm excited about it, Rob. Like this is uh my my three favorite things, right? Athletics, education, and entrepreneurship. So man, we're we're all about it right now. It's gonna be awesome. Uh, all right, that's great. I love it. So tell me a little bit about playing sports growing up and, and how it kind of shaped you like your early years up until high school. Yeah, man. I mean, I was uh youngest of four. My my brothers were really good athletes. Um my my brother, my oldest played a little hockey at Michigan State. My next brother was a division one football player, uh high school all state. My, my sister was a good athlete, became Miss Michigan teen. And I was like, man, I'm going to be a major league baseball player. I mean, I'm better than all my brothers and sisters. And I <laughs> believed it, you know, and, and, uh, man, it, it really shaped me. Like when I was 15 years old, I walked into uh, a big camp. I uh, had a big showcase deal and it was kind of like the Willy Wonka golden ticket. Like you had to get an invite for like eight counties, you know? And, and I went in and, and I saw my ticket and man, I was so excited because it was run by a former major leaguer. And I thought, man, this is, I, I just got to get the MVP. Cause if you get the MVP of the camp, like you get to sit down with the major leaguer, man. And I thought I got to do that. I got to find out if I got what it takes. And so had like 30 days to prep, man. And I, and I went and did the work, man. I started training, sprinting, running. Fortunately, I had a brother that, you know, my brothers knew how to train. And so I was training hard and I went in and you know what happens when preparation meets opportunity and had the best week of my life. And it was great. And um, you know, I like to tell people that I was the MVP and Jeter wasn't. And, uh, what I don't like to tell people was, you know, I was 15 and he was 11, but you know, like that's, you know, here, no, there. And, um, so when I sat down with the guy, man, it was just, it was just a moment of clarity for me where I got excited about it. And I just said, Hey man, you know, and he, he first question said, you know, what do you want to do? And I said, I want to do what you did. I want to play in the majors. And you know, he gave me that. Hmm. He's like, well, I've seen you all week and I think you can do it. And I was like, man, I was like, I mean, I could feel my shoulders drop like two inches. Right. <laughs> and so I was like, this guy believes in me. And, and I don't know what like got into me for the courage, Rob, in the next question. But I, I said like, man, all due respect, sir. You know, everybody's telling me, no, like I'm not big enough. I'm not fast enough. I'm not strong enough. And all I'm hearing is I'm not enough. And he said, hmm. so let me ask you a question, Trent. He goes, of all those people telling you, any of them playing the major leagues? And I was like, 
no, my mom has it. My freshman coach has it. <laughs> like, like rattling up my PE teacher, you know, like nobody's like been, been in the major leagues. And he's like, well, let me give you a piece of advice. He said, um, you know, I'm going to caution you to take advice from people that haven't actually done what you want to do. So the next time you want to go out there and do it, I suggest you find somebody who's done there and been there and done it. And then you're going to get some good advice. Otherwise, I don't know why you're asking these folks. And I was like, dang, man, I was blown away. But, you know, here I am at 53, Rob, and I have I have done that in every entrepreneurial journey, every class. I mean, people start telling me, you know what you need to do in your physics class? I'm like, oh, are you a physics professor? No. I'm like, I don't know why you're talking to me. <laughs> you know, like, wow. I was like, you know, like, forget you. Like, I would vet people so fast. It was crazy. But that was and, and that, that was all big... happened. That all happened at 15, too. That That's crazy. 15. Yeah, that's great. So once you uh, so you, you you played high school ball, and I always ask the question: Do you want to be a professional athlete? You already answered that question. Yeah. So, uh, so now um, let, let's kind of fast forward. So you 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 were playing uh, in high school, and then ultimately um, you went to college, and you're playing two sports. So talk a little bit about playing two different sports in college, and and the maybe the challenges that go along with that. Obviously, you've got to you know study for your classes, and but yeah. you're going to be pretty dedicated to your sport as well. Yeah, man. Yeah, you got it. I mean. What, what started after that was like this audit of excellence. My my, That's what I call it, the audit of excellence, because my high school team played in three state championships in a row, my sophomore, junior, senior year. And then meanwhile, I'm playing tennis against Todd Martin and Mal Washington and uh, Aaron Crickstein and guys that were going to be on the pro tour. And I had no idea that they were headed for that. I just knew they were a lot better than me. <laughs> and um, so when I head into like tennis and baseball and I keep on this you know projection – I go to a JUCO first and I go to two national championships in tennis. So now I'm five for five in five years. I'm, in, I'm three state championships and five national and two national championships. So I'm five and five. And then I go to Toledo to play and we aren't good at anything. So I learned like, man, like we're not doing the things that create excellence. And now I'm looking at why we're failing. Right. And then I go in to the Tigers um, from there. And I'm like this two sport athlete, like balancing it in college. And it's, it's constant time management in college, right? You're just like, man, but I have relentless pursuit of this excellence thing because I want Toledo to be excellent and we aren't. And I'm like frustrated because like we got people that we've recruited who don't give a care. And you're just like, man, like don't these, don't these guys want to win? Don't they want to go to the next level? And, and we had moments of goodness, but it wasn't sustainable. We didn't have it through. And so Man, I was I was frustrated playing on teams that didn't seem to want to be the best. And so then I went to um, you know, right from there I went to Pro Ball and then that was 1993 and by 1997 I'd been in two World Series. So, you know, the next 4 years I go to two more World Series. So, still auditing excellence and right. trying to figure out how to how to navigate that and man, there's so much to it, Rob, but yet it's it's a really simple formula, but it's not easy, right? Yeah, no, it, it's not. And I think that, you know, everybody I talk to, I mean, athletes, I mean, you're, you're just the drive, the skill set, the leadership, all that stuff obviously plays in. So, you know, kind of coming back to the uh, uh, the college, some of the things that we talk about um, today is, is one of the, I think, a, a big issue is um, with with athletes, you know, learning about, again, what's going to happen after they're done. I mean, only was it less than a 10th of percent make it to professional sports. So what were back when you were in school, were there anything, was there anything that your school was doing to kind of teach the big picture and, you know, work with their athletes there at Toledo and, and say, Hey, 
you know, here's some of the things you could look forward to in the future. Did they do any of that when you were in school? No, no. I mean, not at all. Not at all. I, I was, I mean, and I shouldn't say not at all. I don't want to throw Toledo under the bus here. Right. But like if they were, I wasn't listening. Right. I mean, there was a lot of athletes, Matt Eberflus, the head coach of the bears and I were there together and we palled around cause we both went, we were in education together and really enjoyed Matt. And like, we were pretty focused on next level stuff, man. And no one was telling us like how those skills would transfer. Um, what happens if you don't make it on the next level? Um, how would you transition um, to be good? And I mean, if you were studying, like I was a, I was a, you know, a Dean's list student. Like I was, I was actually on the president's list. Most of the semesters or quarters I was there um, because I loved what I was studying. I loved education. I loved the physiology side of it. And I, and I was a, you know, I was a Guinea pig. I was, you know, five, six gone in there, 155 pounds and then played at 175. Cause I learned how to train and coach Manny was a big influence to me, the strength coach and became a mentor. And I watched coach Saban there. And so I was learning from those people like, Hey man, there's things beyond, beyond the game because they all transitioned into this coaching and education and, and, um, and then I'd meet alumni that were in business and talking to entrepreneurs. And that was really what got me going. I don't remember the college ever saying like, Hey, you need to wrangle these skills that you have as an athlete, which I think there are tons, Rob. And I, I don't think they ever said, this is how that's going to transition to help you. Right. When I sit and talk to a guy like Jim Ayers, who's a good friend of mine, longtime president of uh, Amway North America. And he's like, Hey man, I'm only hiring athletes because why, you know, they're, they're competitive, they're adaptable. Um, they're very coachable. So they got all these itties, right? Coachability, right. adaptability, take on responsibility. Um, they got dependability. If they're really good, they do it again and again. And so, man, when you get, when you get athletes like that, uh, they figure it out and they can adapt. And so he right. saw that right away and was like, this is who I want to hire. Right. And so, but those are people that got it and transitioned quickly. Right. Obviously having a degree was a pretty important step in that. Sure. You got to finish it. You know, you got to see it through. Right. So, you know, you hit on two points or that I want to come back on. So one, uh, a lot of people you talk about, like maybe you weren't listening. Okay. How, how would you, like knowing now what you know, how would you get through to some of these athletes that, you know, they're, they obviously they're focusing on their dream. They want to be a professional athlete, but again, like we talked about, not too yeah. many make it. How would you get in their head to be able to start opening them up to looking at, at, at their future? Yeah. I mean, we do it right now on the NIL company, right? You know, we have uh, aim for NIL.com and we are teaching athletes how to run their business, right? How to run an NIL system by themselves. Like, you know, make up to a thousand dollars or more a month. And it's a big deal. And when I'm talking about these kids, it's like, I love the NCAA said it best. I really think when they said, Hey, 98% are going pro in something else, <laughs> right? Yeah, like yeah, it's sure. there's 570,000 athletes. You give me the money. You know, what's the, what's the math on 98%? Because I think it's like 560, right? <laughs> I mean, it's, yeah. it's, it's no joke. It's a very few, amount of athletes that are actually getting this shot at the next level. So, you know, you, if you're not focused on that, but, but, you know, I can tell you the NCAA didn't have that program when I was there, <laughs> you know, right, yeah. that wasn't very evident. And we really all felt like, you know, if we were division one athletes, we were one step away from making it. There were, there were athletes around me. I, I had a guy named Tom Marsh 
who was an alumnus at Toledo, played for the Phillies. I coached him actually uh, for the tribe um, after I went into baseball. And, and man, I mean, to see a guy who got some big league time out of it. So I knew there were guys in my league from my school, uh, a guy I played with pitched a long time for Pittsburgh. So you, we saw it happen. So it wasn't like you were way out of it. Right. But um, that's, you know, that's two of, you know, an eight, an eight year span of 30 guys a year. So right. 240 guys and there's two, <laughs> right? So it's not like it's everyone. So you really start seeing the writing on the wall. And I mean, from the professional athletic standpoint, the big thing is like your body's everything. Like if your body yeah. can't go, it's over now. Like if you can't compete, like it's over now, ready, set now. And right. so if you're not ready for that transition um, and, and prepared for that on the back end, that's that's a really long fall. And I think I think the other challenge of that is that, you know, any any kid who's 22 years old who has some success, you start believing your press clippings and you start yeah. hard to be, hey, I know who I am. I'm grounded. And that's something I think that's much different today, Rob, than for, for you and I yeah. is that because of social media, these kids got to be taught like, right. man, you're, you got to be grounded in who you are because you know, this one aspect of you being a great swimmer at Vanderbilt is awesome. And you can get some NIL opportunities and all that, but that's not who you are. You're a, a, a woman who's studying psychology yeah. and you've got a family and you love your friends and you're looking to get married and have kids. And there's all these other different attributes of you that they don't know. And you start identifying with like, no, I'm the Olympic swimmer from Vanderbilt. Like, yeah, you know, you get caught in that. And then when it ends, it's like, wait a minute, who am I? Yeah. And, and we, and we talked a little about that offline. You're right. I mean, the, the athletes are looking at themselves as their sport and not as the person. I think that's where the education comes into play. And then, you know, the, the other area that you touched on too, is um, the whole idea of just, just networking and connecting when you're still playing it. You know, I've talked to some agents and coaches and they say that's the biggest problem that when the athletes are still playing, they're not doing that, whether it's a professional level or even at the collegiate level. So, you know, one of the things we're trying to do is, is kind of help facilitate that. And, and I guess um, that leads me to like, it sounded like you had that interaction with other alumni. Um, is that something that, that you're seeing, you know, it's probably less than, but more of today, as far as alumni, did alumni get involved at Toledo? You said there were a few, but did they get involved coming back and talking to the various athletes? Yeah. I mean, they've never asked me to come back, you know, and talk to the athletes, um, which is, which is bonkers, right? Like, I mean, uh, that here with my experience of professional sports, entrepreneurship, like, what are you going to do after I've had a lot of different careers. And so it, 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 I think it's alarming how little they're preparing athletes, like from a network standpoint, especially we actually did a class today in the NIL space talking about how do you network? And we give our, our athletes a class and a step-by-step of how to make your LinkedIn profile better than 90%. You're, you're on there the first day of your life at 21 years old. You're going, right. LinkedIn, why do I need to be on this? Like, you're going to get a degree in a year yeah. and you need to think about your profession. And it's cool that you're getting a couple NIL deals, but next thing is going to come and you need to be prepared. And through our step-by-step, their first day on, they're better than 90% of people on, on LinkedIn by profile basis. Right. Now they don't have the followers and all that. Sure. But now it's teaching you, hey, how do you use your QR code when you're with your alumni? Connect to the top 15 boosters at your school. Like 
start meeting these people. And this is, I think, one of the cool things about NIL that, you know, there's a lot of downsides to NIL. And I don't want to disagree with that. But one of the cool things is, you know, man, Rob, can you imagine a young lady coming to you who's like, hey, I ran my own LLC with 250,000. And here's my five references who are all chief marketing officers of multi-million dollar companies who did work with me. And you're like, I know how to run my brand. I know customer service. I know how to time manage. I was a all conference athlete. And you're like going, Hey, you're like better than 99% of every kid coming out of college. Like you've got more real world skills that are going to contribute to my organization right now. Right. Then people are going to be at 31, you know, and it's, and it's bonkers. If, they take the education if they go get it, if they take it seriously and recognize that. And and so I think that's still got, I think there's still gap, right? We all think we're yeah. going to go on the bigger, better things. And and I think hope is awesome, but it's also not a strategy, right? Right. And I think, you know, when we talk about NIL, for those people out there it's uh, who, who aren't sure what that is, it's name, image, likeness. And to your point, you know, there's the ups and downs of it. And it sounds like you're doing a lot of great things because of the educating the athletes and teach them how, because that's when I've talked to other athletes, uh, especially ones that are older like us, where they, you know, NIL didn't exist back then, but they say, you know, I love it. I, I wish it was around when I was playing, but the flip side is that some of these athletes, they just, okay, all of a sudden like, Hey, you just got this windfall of money. Do you realize you have to pay taxes on it? You got these other oh, things. Yeah. It's, yeah. Um, you know, whether it's companies like yourself that are doing a great job with it or whether it's, I'm sure the NCA at some point, I mean, schools just need to, it just falls into the same thing we've been talking about from an education standpoint is not only in NIL, but then the education of, okay, now you're, you know, getting ready to graduate and you're not going to be playing professional sports. Or even if you do, when you're done with that, now what's next and how can we help you? And I think you're going to see that, right, Rob? I mean, and it's probably already happened some, um, you know, you don't have that many athletes making big money. I mean, there's a select few for sure, but you know, I think that is going to happen. Like even, even with um, do it yourselfers, I mean, who we're educating, I mean, I think they're, you start going out and getting a $2,000 monthly recurring revenue. You're making $24,000 a year. You go home and do a camp in the summer, make $5,000. You're pretty close to 30 grand. And then you go back to school and find out that your student financial aid is no longer there because you have to show this $30,000 in revenue. Right. right? And you didn't pay taxes on that. And all of a sudden you're like, whoa, man, me and my friends had a bunch of fun and none, none, none. I owe apparently somebody, you know, eight grand. And you're like, whoa, you know, now there's new levels of stress right on this. And yeah. there there are definitely challenges around this that that have to be part. And, and that's why we really wanted to create the community um, to provide that education because yeah, it, it's going to move fast. And these, and these things, you just can't say enough. Um, to people and they need to hear it from different angles too. They need to hear it from Trent, but they also need to hear it from Rob and need to hear it from Teresa and they need to hear it from their parents. And so, you know, they, there's a, there's a lot of awareness and it's going pretty fast and I'm sure there's going to get some kids who get caught and that's, and that's unfortunate. Yeah. Um, But I, I am bullish on the fact that um, this has always been available to every other college student. So why wouldn't it be available to a college athlete? I mean, just from the, freedom of opportunity, I think yeah. is, is pretty yeah. important. Um, but, and then I think, I think the NCAA did a good job of like saying, you can't be paid on performance. 
You know, you can't go, hey, listen, I'm going to do this deal and I make $1,000. But if I score four touchdowns, I get an extra $1,000 per touchdown. Like, no, 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 no. That's not how it works, man. So I think the compliance, the the theory is going through the university signing off is is really makes a lot of sense to me. And I'm hopeful that um, when it really comes down to it, I I love the fact of, of having been a longtime consultant and doing all this work probably the biggest challenge in consulting and and agreements is scope creep, right? Right. Where we say, Hey, Rob, we're not going to do this. And then things shift. And we're like, Oh man, Hey Rob, I need these four other things for you. And you're like, Hey, sure. Trent, but that's going to cost an additional five grand for me to do that. And I'm like, Oh, I don't have any more budget left, but I need the four things. And you're like, uh, well, how's it going to work? So now the kids are like, Hey, I'd love to do that, but that will have to go back submitted because I'm only approved to do these things. And so you eliminate the scope creep going, it will cost you this. And so they can decide, Hey, is it in your budget or not? That's a big deal. Um, But man, I mean, I think it's a, it's a, it's an interesting time right now. It's, it's really interesting. Yeah, I agree. And I guess the one other quick question, then we'll get off the NIL topic, but um, one of the other concerns that has come up and I want to get your perspective as an athlete, do you see um, maybe some of these athletes that are, having success with it, that it kind of takes away from the team? Like, do, do you see see that ever coming up or does that, uh, where like some of the players might be? Yeah. Like, yeah. I mean, I think it's gonna, you know, first of all, we're all jealous, right? We're all jealous right. of the starting athlete. You know, we're all jealous of like the athlete who's got the contract, you know, <laughs> with, uh, you know, Rawlings or the tennis player who's got a contract with Bob a lot. And, you know, like, yeah, I mean, they're getting that because they're good. You know, and so there's some things that happen with that. And it doesn't change, by the way, at the pro level. It's just starting earlier, right? right. I mean, at the pro level, you have people making $25 million a year and people making league minimum of $700,000 a year. And if they're your friends, you can't live like they live. Like right. you'll yeah. go broke um, being a 700,000 person trying to go, oh, I'm going to rent a jet this weekend and I'm going to fly six of my closest friends in to hang out in New York and spend $50,000. Right. Like, wait a minute, like, man, this money's going to be gone before you know it. And so you, you always have to taper that with teams. Um, and you know, it's going to, it's going to be a challenge. I think there's definitely a factor that, uh, there's going to be some envy around that. It could, it could be challenging for coaches for sure to balance that act. Um, now I will tell you that there's a lot of NIL money that's flowing into people. Like, uh, you know, I look at, uh, the kid from the university of Michigan, um, who's the top NL basketball earner. And he's the 13th man on the team, you know, and he's got a wow. million followers and uh, making a million dollars or more in NIL money. And, um, you know, he's got a great little platform and he's not by any means the best player. Right. Yeah. Sport. No, that, that, that's, that's great to hear. So yeah, yeah let, let's, let's, um let's move forward with, um. so we're going to talk about your transition um, out of college and into the real world, which, you know, it's, it's, you've had a lot of success yeah. in the different areas, but so I want to talk a little bit about that. And then uh, following that up with just advice that you would give to other athletes as they look to, you know, uh, getting out of their sport. Yeah. I, I probably got a little break that I transitioned right into coaching pretty young, like 23 years old. You know, they gave me that, you know, you'd make a good coach talk as a player. And, you know, that was just them telling me, hey, I wasn't going to make it on that level. And I mean, yeah it was fair to me. I mean, I was pretty beat up at the time and, um, and I had surgery shortly after that to repair a pretty, pretty bad torn labrum. And, um, so, 
you know, at the time, I think it gave me a little bit of breathing room to kind of transition my skills over to coaching and learning. But it also put me in a professional position very quickly with a lot of um, high quality professionals. So, man, you know, checking that ego at the door quickly and humbling myself to learn from other coaches was really important. But, you know, as an entrepreneur, that started pretty young, too, because, um, you know, by 1994, you know, we hit the strike and I was 24 years old and I had four major leaguers that were coming to me saying, Hey, can you train me while this strike goes on? And I started a private training business and just like that, uh, I'm in. And fortunately for me, I had an accountant father who knew how to set up an LLC and right. help me walk through yeah. that a little bit because I was, you know, I'm an educator. What do I know about running my own company right. other than I wanted to one day. So I am just like, reading like rich dad, poor dad, and, you know, ink and grow rich. And, you know, all, all these things that I was studying, um, you know, I'm, I'm just being a college student. And these are, these are some of the big things that I think athletes really miss, right? Rob, is there a bunch of skills that you as an athlete have that can take you to the next level of any career entrepreneurship, anything right. that, that sets you ahead. Right. And, and I think kids miss that. Yeah, I, I agree. In fact, I, I had a, one of my other shows fairly recently. Uh, there's a gentleman, he played college football, and then he went on up the corporate ladder and then ultimately was a very successful CEO for some major companies. And the one thing he said is he just, there's that skill set as an athlete that you have that you really got to utilize. And he just, when he talks to them, it's just, just get out there, the leadership, just the perseverance and everything else, you know, it, it's, uh, you're taught a lot through athletics and yeah. he encouraged people to do, which is, you know, same kind of thing that you're saying uh, as yeah. well. And you really hope that the athletes really get that from their experience, right? They really, I, I, I hope that when you go in to these teams and you become a part of it, you have some leader that displays and models like that importance of leadership and, and, and servant leadership and humility. I mean, the two cornerstones of our pyramid of leadershipity are, you know, integrity and humility, right? I mean, those are the cornerstones. And if you don't build your house on that, um, man, that's going to be a tough gig. And so when you, when you talk about those athletes, like the greatest thing about entrepreneurship for me, as I joined the entrepreneur organization, as I had success in business was I was right back in this professional athlete kind of environment where it's all just hyper learning. It's the best in the world coming together and going, how do we create this great team with all the information, you know, cause you're great. And then that Rob knows cause he's great. And then that Brian brings it in and then that Javier brings from his training. And we all come from these diverse dynamic backgrounds of socioeconomic. I mean, educational, you're, you're talking about like, guys who've got like degrees from big 10 universities to Latin American players who didn't go to school past 10 years old. Right. And you've got this diversity aspect that going in and we got to all come in and be learn from each other on what we know from taking this piece of, of the competitive fire to the never say die attitude to the mindset of like, Hey, I'm going to work till someone just beats me out yeah. to the learnings I've had from the best coaches in the world. And, why I do and work the efficiently from what I learned. I mean, that's the hyper learning that's going on. And while we do see some ego out there on the individual, when, when we're all together and there's 40 yeah. of everybody, it's a check it at the door because we all want to get better, win something, create something even better. 
And so that hyper learning is, is the environment. So there are so many skill sets though, that I think about that, that these athletes have that can transfer. And it's, it's insane that these kids aren't thinking through that as, as they're going through it. And like you say, that, that the schools aren't going, Hey, listen, you've got a bunch of things that we'd love to have the rest of our students have on time management and adaptability and coachability and that competitive nature and being so action oriented and just going for it and, and being uh, willing to take some risk. Uh, you know, I mean, athletes get that, like you can't steal second base with your foot on first, man. Right. Like, so you get that, that, Hey, I'm going to have to take a chance here and this is how I was taught. And I'm going to, uh, factor all these things to improve my chances on this fourth pitch, because this is when it's the best time to run. And this is when the, you know, now he stops thinking about me a little bit, got to get the hitter. All these other things are factored into this. And the kids don't know how to transition all that knowledge to their, their career and business life. Right. Right. Yeah, it's there's definitely a need for education, and just you know, as I you know started the show out, there's just there's is a some major issues. I mean, some people are very fortunate, like you, that are able to you know kind of see the next steps and next levels. But you know, there's there's a lot of people out there that are hurting again, whether it's you know from a mental health perspective, whether it's financial literacy. So whatever we can do, and it sounds like you know from the you know your one, I mean, obviously you have multiple companies, but that one sounds fantastic with NIL, and and I think. You know, people, there's a lot of good nuggets that you hit there. So um, now just kind of moving forward, uh, you know, talk a little bit about um, just a little bit about your entrepreneurial journey and then where you are at today and how people can find you. Well, I think uh, from my entrepreneurial journey for the people that really want to go out there and do it, I mean, I, I don't think it's any different from wanting to be at your best in sports. Like, you know, you're you're going to have to be the, the big itty's responsibility, right? And and you only get paid on productivity. <laughs> so right. there's all these factors in and you got to have a team that really gets that to create that environment. And, you know, just like you spent the 10,000 hours to get great at softball or swimming or gymnastics, you know, whatever it is, it's, hey, I'm an action oriented person who's willing to go in and and get my hands dirty and work at it and learn. And I think the advantage of the athletes is you're going to get knocked down. And and the athletes are so good about getting up. Like, hey, yeah. I knew I was going to get knocked down. I knew what I signed on for. And then they, they're surprised, actually, in a corporate world. Well, it doesn't look the same. It hurts the same, right? Emotionally, <laughs> like, you know, yeah. you get fired, you get cut. Like, it's it's not much different, right? And you know, you're going to get some, some knocked down. People are going to pass you over because they like someone else for whatever reason. And you're like, man, you got to get back and work at it. You know, winners find a way. Yeah. And I, I love the quote from the four disciplines of execution. It says winners when shown data that they're losing, find a way to win. Yeah. And so, you know, that's the name of our podcast, right? Winners find a way. And, and when you're sitting in there and you're going, woe is me. That's not what athletes do. They come back and they build a plan to, to change the result. And, you know, let's go in at halftime. We're down 15 points. We got to do something different. We got to adapt and something's got to come out and maybe you get it right and you win and maybe you don't, but you, you're always learning. And if, if people don't get that, this journey's not going to stop. Lifelong learning is just going to keep going on. Things are going to change. I, I think they're going to have a tough time out there um, getting, keep keeping moving forward because 
change is inevitable. That's the one constant. So, and that's what athletes are really good at. Yeah. So in this environment where you go into a business and corporate world, where everybody goes, I don't, I don't want to change. They're like, yeah, come on. No problem. <laughs> you know, like let's do it and let's take that risk. And just as long as you have a plan and you've done your homework and studied and know how to adapt on that plan sensibly, you know, you're way ahead of so many people. Yeah. And, and, and I think a, a big part of it too, is just um, everything you're saying is, is, is great. And I think um, people also just, you know, continue to need to tap into that network and connect with people. There's a lot of people out there who want to help like you and, and, uh, and our, myself and alumni direct, I mean, taking that mentor approach. So, um, you know, yeah. I encourage people to just, you know, re- reach out. And, and I guess that the last question related to that, and then we'll hear more about like uh, how people can find you today, but, um, what to, do you see um, from a professional sports perspective? Um, do you, you see athletes kind of, you know, working together like in that alumni type aspect, meaning might not be necessarily alumni from a team. It could be an alumni from a sport or just alumni as an athlete. Do you see that going on today? No, I don't. I don't see that. I, I mean, I guess maybe it's happening, but I'm not aware of it very well. I feel like we get siloed. I mean, that kind of every man for himself or every woman for herself. And I mean, I think it's, it's not a, it's not a team game on developing that after now I am seeing more, um, you know, the player associations are getting better and stronger. Um, So I think there's something there that's definitely improving, but you know, I don't think we're there by any means. And I don't know if there's a good collegiate, you know, association where like, like yourself, where you're developing this place where people can get that support. They can be a part of a team. They can really develop into that. I think that's a huge deal because I love mentoring. I think it's, I think it's one of the most brilliant things that someone can do. And I tell everyone who will listen, like get in there and do it. I mean, make a list of the five absolute world beater, 1% people that could help you who have been and done what you've done and you admire them. Yeah. And it's the people that are the most successful. They're in rare air. Very rarely do people call them up and ask them for their help, especially a young, talented person. And almost on 99% of those cases, they did that exact same thing. They were the young buck and went, Hey, Rob Finkelstein, I know you're awesome and you're the best guy. And man, if you could just help me and you're like, man, yeah, I've been through some stuff. Let me help you. And they were like, man, I'm a big success because Rob Finkelstein helped me back in the day. And now he would be ashamed of me if someone called and I didn't help them. And I would never do that to Rob. I I, I admire him too much. And so uh, when I talk about people creating that top five list, and I'm talking who's who, I've never seen anyone get to number five with, with five no's. Yeah, no, you're, you're right. That that's, that's great advice. Cause I, and, and you're to your point is that I think the people that have that kind of the giving mentality, the ones that I think all of us that have had somebody, I've had people that have mentored me and then, you know, same thing is I want to pay it forward and do the same thing, help others out as well. And, you know, that's, you know, what we're doing as a company uh, at Alumni Direct. So uh, finally, uh, talk a little bit about, you know, what, you know, how people can find you and what you're doing today. I know you have multiple companies, so we'll, we'll make it quick. Uh, we'll, we'll zone in on, you know. Whatever. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So aim for NIL, aim, A-I-M, number four, NIL.com. What's the website? Uh, my address, my email is tc at aim for NIL.com. 
Uh, my cell phone is 480-710-3712. I know people freak out. I get my cell phone out all the time. I'm like, call me. Listen, if you act like a moron, I will block you. So like, don't blow up my phone, but like, hey, call me. You got a question. Um, that's how people find me, man. And so, um, yep, Leadershipity or Trent M. Clark. I'm on all the socials with Aim for NIL or Leadershipity or Trent M. Clark. And uh, listen, I welcome you, you know, please watch, uh, listen, take a listen on Winners Find a Way. We help a lot of one. I mean, all I do is interview one percenters talking about how they got there and the challenges and how they overcame challenges. Um, And there is a ton of just great folks in those interviews that talk about those challenges. So for someone starting out, it's a great place to go. Hey, you're going to be up against some stuff because the most successful people in the world, as you and I know, Rob, you know, they faced adversity along the way. I, I've never seen yeah. the mountain with the smooth steps all the way up, right? <laughs> Where's oh, that? We, exist, we, we right? wish it was there. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I sure do. Like, you know, like I, I recall that. Like, and and listen, maybe there's a better way up. I mean, like, and I'm all for it. And um, you know, and I think that's what some of the kids today are actually, you know, a lot of people are down on some of the new generation because they want to be at the top of the mountain and they don't want to work that hard to get there. Right. So you know, it's pretty cool when someone in this generation builds a gondola to get there. Like, hey, that's probably pretty smart. You know, I climbed up the damn thing and, you know, fell yeah. on rocks five times, broken arm. You know, like I, I suffered a lot of challenges that that there were a lot of lessons and learnings along the way. And I'm impressed if someone can circumvent that. But I think there's a lot of value in that climb that way, too. Um, so, you know, you take the good with the bad. And but I, I know that people have desires to be at the top and, and, and keep improving. And so I encourage them to do it. I mean, you know, like, Hey, listen, this is, this is the life you got and you want to go for it. And, uh, man, and, and this journey is never ending. This is the one thing I think that's really different, uh, about life and business after sport, you know, Rob, we, we go in and you win a world series and you're like, Oh man, we're, we're world series champions. Isn't that great? Um, guess what? <laughs> there was there's 31 losers in 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 MLB every year, right? There's only yeah. one winner, and and that's every league. And the journey starts right back up. It's not an end game, and and much like you know football, I I don't know in this game there's an end zone. I think you're going out and how you play the game and how you keep striving to get better is going to be far more important than quote unquote getting in the end zone. Yeah, no, that's and, and I, I'm fired up after hearing this. Is, <laughs> this has been great. And, uh, you know, to find us, you can go to alumnidirect.com. Uh, you can follow us on LinkedIn and Facebook, uh, Instagram, Twitter, and then make sure to follow the show. Uh, we're on uh, podcast, different podcast networks, uh, as well as on our YouTube. Uh, this has been great, Trent. I, I really appreciate all the time and uh, looking forward to continuing talking about other ways that we can help athletes out. That's awesome, Rob. Thank you for having me. Super enjoyed it. Hope the uh, folks at home all uh, got a little nugget there. Yep. Sounds great. Thanks.